Hello everyone and welcome to episode 47 of the Talking Fitball podcast with me, Derek Clark. Each week we try and bring you a top-class interview with some of the most engaging and interesting characters involved in the game. If you're just joining us for the first time, you can go back and listen to a vast array of quality interviews in the archives. They can all be found on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean. In this episode, I had the pleasure of chatting to the former Aberdeen forward, Harold Stavrum. Now residing back in his native Norway, Harold tells me about growing up in a tiny village which has produced some world-class talents such as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, whom he played with during his career. He tells me about his bond with the world-renowned coach Aga Haraida, his time at Malda and Helsingborgs, and of course his spell at Pitodri. He also chats about his basique task days and his love of writing, which has seen him publish several books. So sit back and enjoy the latest episodes of the Talking Fitball podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the, the Talking Fitball podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined this week by uh, a former Aberdeen favourite and of course played uh, much football in Norway, played with Besiktas as well as the one and only Arald Stavrum. Arald, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, absolutely. It, it, it's great to have you on, Arald. We were just speaking off there, there. I think we'll, we'll kick off uh, before we look back on your career um, with the coronavirus that's affecting us all at the minute. How are you coping with the uh, with the virus at, at present? Yeah, well, uh, of course we are all uh, affected. I mean, we are uh, in also in lockdown here in uh, in Oslo, and uh, most of us are not working or working from home. I'm I'm working from home and. Uh, I think it's 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 quite it's heavy. I mean, you're so much at home doing stuff, just uh, isolated. It's uh, I think I fear for the mental health of a lot of people, and I I think uh, we all suffer at the moment. But I'm I'm fortunate that I can uh, that I can work uh, almost like uh, like normal. But uh, and, and there's a lot of people that. A lot of more problems than than I do, so uh, so I feel for the ones who who have small businesses and all that who's suffering now. So I, I, it's just a terrible uh, situation. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, let's look at your football career then. First, Harold, uh, a great career in the game. You, you were born in uh, 1972, and is it uh, Christiansen? Is that, is that is that how you pronounce that? Is that where you were you were born? Yeah, that's right. That's and, right. It's a small town in uh, west coast of, uh, of Norway. Yeah. yeah, were you always playing football as a, as a young child? Is that what you wanted to be growing up? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, my first memories are playing football with my brother, who is my brother is uh, six years older than me, and I was uh, taking along with uh, him and his friends when I was really, really small, and uh, I always remember playing football and. Uh, and uh, as I said, I come from a small town in in the west coast of Norway, where basically it's uh, either you were a football player or you're a wrestler. That was about the two <laughs> things that people were people were doing, and uh, and it was not so much. Uh, it was also a, a town with a lot of uh, bad economy at the moment uh, at, at that moment. So it was you really had to. To get away from the town, to get get to a bigger city, to get work, to get education, or to play sports or something like that. So it was always a drive in me to to, to go to other places, and 
and and I, I always wanted to be a footballer. Yeah. Yeah. But did you look? Did you um, have any heroes or any role models that you aspire to be like? Well, uh, n- not really. I, I mean, I was I was always looking at football and uh, looking how, how how players were playing and. And I, I loved the growing up and watching Maradona as, as oh, yeah. the rest of the as the rest of the world did. But he played football in a in a very different way than than I did. And I I was quite young when I discovered that I had other heroes. Like for example, for me, uh, Gary Lineker was a big hero when I was yeah. uh, in my teens. Uh, I, I loved watching him play football and how he always moved, always scored the goals. And, and so he was uh, a big. Uh, a big favorite of uh, of mine, but uh, there were there were many of them. It was really, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, we know you as a, a centre forward, as, as a striker. Is that the position that you always played growing up, or did you play other positions? I played always uh, in attack. I, I could play uh, striker, or I could play out on on one of the wings. And, uh, so it was um, it was uh, all those positions, and uh, yeah, really. Yeah, but and you started your career as it was at Klausenengen, is, is 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 that right? And um, you were there with a, a young Oli Gunnar Solskjaer at the time. Yeah, that uh, and this this was a crazy uh, situation because, as I said again, again I come from a really small place, and uh, and this club uh, at uh, it um, it uh, produced so many good players. Uh, for example. Two years older than me was uh, Ivan Leonardson, who ended up playing yeah. for Liverpool and um, and Tottenham, and and uh, three years younger than me was uh, Trun Andersen, who played for Wimbledon and uh, and uh, had forty caps for Norway, and and then of course Thor Gunnar, who everybody's heard of. Uh, it was and and apart also uh, it was uh, a lot of players who played in uh, the Premier League in in Norway from this. Tiny, tiny club in a tiny town. So it was. Uh, it, it, I think it was the club in in Norway and probably one in uh, Europe that produced most uh, international players. When you look at how small it was. Yeah, but what, what do you think that that, that could be down to, Arrow? Is that just the, the coaching that you received at, at that club, or uh, just made you believe believe that you could reach the very top? It was. It was a couple of factors. It was. Um, First of all, you had uh, you had a couple of really really good uh, uh, trainers. My my father was uh, in fact one of them. He 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 was a top scorer in Norway in his time, and he when he moved back to Kristiansund, he he started to be to be trained for all uh, all of us uh, kids then. And he he and a couple of other trainers they re- did a really really good uh, job at this. Uh, but also at the same time you had. Molde, which was one hour away from uh, Kristiansund, which was a Premier League club in Norway, and they had a manager who always was looking at what we were doing in 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 Klesningen. So when when the best players in Klesningen became 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, he always looked at them and 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 he he uh, he bought a lot of us. So <laughs> so we had. So we first got at a young age. We got uh, to play for the full uh, grown-up team in uh, in Klausingen, which then was in second second division or something like that. Yeah. And then when we get a couple of years playing there, we a lot of us got a chance to go to uh, to Premier League through Molde then. Uh, 
So it was a, it was a really good connection between the clubs there and and also good manager. But it was a lot of players that uh, that uh, got that breakthrough. It was it was great. Yeah, you mentioned you played with a couple of clubs, of course, before joining um, Molde. Did you notice was it was it a step up when you joined Molde? Was it a bigger club, bigger expectations when you joined them? It was, uh, it, it was, uh, yes, yes, it was. But but the big part of that was the the manager they had. Uh, I mean, Olga Hare is now he's now, ah, yes. now the ma- manager of of Denmark. Yeah. Uh, managed them in. He actually, I think he. If it hadn't been for the coronavirus, now he would uh, he would have set uh, a world record in undefeated uh, matches for a national team. I think Denmark mm-hmm. went 34 games or something like that without lose, losing. He's he's a fantastic uh, character, and uh, and he was then uh, a young, much younger uh, and then a manager of Molde and really really good. He made he made good teams out of small budgets and that was his uh, fantastic ability that and and of course he he then gave a lot of us young players chances so it was uh, it was great yeah and you teamed up there of course with uh, Ollie Gunner and uh, another boy Ollie Bjorn uh, son got as well how much did you enjoy playing with playing with those two up front because um, you certainly banged the goals in it was fantastic and and this was uh, this was also the, like the brainchild of uh, Harid uh, who who put us together? I mean, he he saw that we could play together, and he 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 said, "Just go out and attack." <laughs> we had, I think, I think, I think we had absolutely zero responsibility uh, in in defense. He just <laughs> he just he just let us go out and, and score goals. And if we lost the ball and get uh, a counter attack at our team, we had big problems. But <laughs> but he he had such. Uh, confidence in us to, to score goals and do that and it was it was fantastic in the beginning of the season uh, in 95 we won we won the first game 6-0 yeah we won we won the second game uh, 5-4 <laughs> and and then we and then we won i think it was the last uh, third or fourth game we lost, we won 7-2 so it was just it was just an amazing way of playing football and attacking football and it just it was so fun and it was just uh, yeah, it was great, and and it was uh, fun to play with Ulrikunnar uh, again. I had played with him for many years as a kid, mm. so we we knew each other. Also, we knew how to move and how to uh, to connect uh, together. And uh, and then soon got the third one. You said here he he was also very easy to 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 work with. So it was uh, it was good times. It was. Yeah, uh, touching on Oli Gunnar, of course, he, he went on and uh, the rest is history, of course. He was a, a legend at Manchester United and, of course, he's now managing um, the club as well. And after a sort of tricky tricky start, he's, he's certainly turned it around. Uh, did you know sort of back then, that, did he have that sort of steely determination in him that that, that, that he, he would go to the top? I think, I think nobody could predict that he would become manager of Manchester United <laughs> yeah, at, yeah. at that time it would be it, it, that was just so far away I think that yeah. we, we we never really thought about uh, stuff like uh, uh, like that but and you, and you develop and you you grow and you 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 change and you adapt and all that so it, I, I think it's it's difficult to say but what what always was with Ole Gunnar and and the same with me and the same with uh, a few others from uh, uh, from uh, Klausning and uh, and that club was that we were really determined. We we wanted to become 
uh, good players, and we and we trained a lot, and we 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 lived for football, and I think that was. Uh, Something that Ole Gunnar also would, uh, would say that he he recognised. Yeah, definitely. Um, while at Molde, you won the Norwegian Cup. Is that right? In in ninety four. Um, yeah. You beat you beat Lynn. You scored you scored in the final. How how good was that to to, to lift that trophy? Well, that was uh, fantastic. It was uh, it was the first uh, trophy that I, that I won as a footballer, and it was also the first uh, trophy ever for uh, for Molde. Wow. Uh, so it was uh, just a fantastic uh, thing, and we, we, uh, the whole town was uh, celebrating uh, with us. It was it was just a really really nice uh, thing, and and the cup in Norway is is, is big. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's like in uh, Scotland and uh, in England. I mean, you have a lot of countries that don't uh, that don't have that cup tradition, but but Norway has that, and it was uh, it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, of course. When you're up Malta as well, Arild, um, you get called up to the to the national team uh, as well. Was it was that a proud moment for you to to represent your your country? It was. Uh, it was really proud. Of course, it was. I mean, uh, I always wanted to uh, to play for Norway, and uh, I, I got a couple of chances there. But uh, at that moment, it was. I don't think Norway ever has had so many good attackers as, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. at, that, <laughs> yeah. at that time. And I remember Ole Gunnar was, was one thing. He was fantastic, of course. But you also had like uh, Tour André Flo in, um, yeah. in, uh, who played at Chelsea at that moment. And at that moment when I was um, in the national team and Flo was, he, 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 he is the single best player i ever seen in, uh, in training. Wow, really? He was, he, he was he, he was impossible. I mean, he he was one he was uh, one uh, ninety high or something like. That. He was really tall player. Yeah. But his technique was unbelievable. He, he just. I remember the first uh, the first training I was with the national team. He he was lying on the floor uh, or, or <laughs> on the ground dribbling. He he fell down and still managed to dribble two players. It was just it was just crazy. He was <laughs> at that moment. I think he was one of the best players. Uh, in the world, and um, fantastic player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did did you, did you ever come across him when uh, you were at Aberdeen? He was at Rangers. Did you ever uh, come across him there, or was was he were you away by then? By the um, no, no. Uh, he, yeah, but he he didn't have a he had a lot of um, he didn't have a that good time in in the Rangers, and I think yeah. uh, it, it turned quite sour for him. The whole thing. Uh, he had a lot of <laughs> pressure with that price tag yeah, and all, yeah. all, all, all those stuff. And I actually think he was, he was even better when he go three, four years before that. I think he was um, uh, fantastic. So uh, he struggled a bit at at ranges, and every player can struggle no matter what uh, when when they when they change uh, clubs. And he, he he did that. But uh, yeah. as I said, uh, going back to ninety five, ninety six, when I played the national team with him yeah, I, he was amazing <laughs> um, of course uh, you left the club Molde in, uh, in 97 but were you sad to leave when, when you did or was it a case that you wanted a new challenge no I think it was uh, I had to go then uh, because um, the team was uh, breaking up a bit and, uh, and uh, they wanted to build a new team and I've, I felt that I I had to go uh, unless, or I had to stay maybe 
four new, more years, and I and I want I wanted a change in my in my uh, career, so I so I wanted I, I wanted most of all to go abroad, but that didn't happen at uh, at that time. So I I ended up playing one year for Starbeck, another club in in Norway, before I went yeah. to to Sweden. So. Um, so, uh, but Molde was uh, was changing the team, and they and they had great success a couple of years after I left. But uh, but it was imp- it was the right uh, time to to leave. Yeah, now, you mentioned that you, you went to Helsingborgs, and, and you had a great season there. Of course, you finished top scorer in the league, and you as Aga Harida was the manager there as well. So he, he obviously had the trust to to, to play you there. Yeah, I, I mean, I always had a great uh, relationship with uh, with him. I, I actually end, I ended up writing his biography. Wow! Uh, wow. <laughs> so we uh, we always, uh, had a great relationship, but we always could argue, and uh, he he pressured me, and he 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 had a way of finding my weak <laughs> weak spot and just uh, irritate me enough to. Uh, <laughs> To, to trick. I mean, he was he was amazing. He he um, it, it, the best uh, the best story I remember from him was that we we in Molde we we won eight zero after uh, in in the Premiership. You can ma- imagine that eight yeah. zero. And I I scored three goals and I had two assists. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the next day he had a video meeting in uh, in the club where where he showed the whole game. And of course, he every player got uh, a lot of praise for uh, for except me. Wow! He, he, he was in that meeting. He was just pointing out my uh, errors, you and, me. and just he he was giving me such a hard time after we winning eight <laughs> nil. And I asked and I asked him about that, and, uh, like twenty years after when I was writing this book, and he was just laughing. He said he he knew. He had to pressure me all the time. If I if he just mm. uh, said uh, praise to me, I would. Uh, he, he felt that I would just fall down and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> when he was sort of uh, criticizing you, uh, Adil, did, did did you take that as I want to sort of prove him wrong? Is that the sort of player that you were? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I and I never could tell if he was serious or, or not because <laughs> he, he he yeah. But he he uh, again when I was writing the book about him, he said. He he wanted the players never to know where they had him, mm. so uh, he he can he could explode at players after games, uh, winning games, and and he he always wanted to keep us on our, our toes, and uh, and he managed that. He, he he has a lot of strange methods. So he's uh, I, I I loved playing under him, and uh, okay. he also said, uh, I mean, this in Sweden we had a. Big blow after a game, and and that that was I was I got really angry at him after a game. He substituted me, and uh, and he uh, he called me into his office after the game, and he said, "Okay, you are never gonna play for me again." Wow! <laughs> and, and 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 he just sent me home, <laughs> and 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 uh, and uh, the next day I didn't know what to do. Should I come to training, or what, what the hell should I should should I do? So, uh, but of course, I ended up going on uh, on training, and he didn't mention it with a word. He just he, the next day it was just training, preparing for next game, and I played. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bring this up when you're writing his biography? What was going on there? 
Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and he he just uh, was laughing and he said, "Okay, I, I, I meant you you would you would never play for me again that night." <laughs> 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 so, so it was just it, 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 it was it was always fun, but I mean, for me, it was really difficult to play for manager who was. Uh, correct all the time. If yeah. it gets boring, if it gets like uh, without temperament, without anger, if it gets flat, I I, I never liked that. And you could say with Hare, Hare, it never got boring. It was just <laughs> it was just yeah. uh, fantastic to have him as a manager. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. If, you, if you've seen all the praise it's gotten now from Christian Eriksen and the Danish uh, boys uh, having him as a match they, they, they have loved, loved him so it's uh, yeah yeah he's a great character that's for sure um, of course when you were at Helsingborg you played against um, Chelsea in the, uh, the European Cup Winners Cup you came up against uh, Desai and, and Frank Leboeuf have you got any memories of playing against them too? Coincidentally, it's another ex-Ranger player who was the best player that game. It was uh, Brian Laudrup. Oh, uh, I yeah, mean, he's uh, playing, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, the problem was... <laughs> there's a couple of games in my career when I've played up against world-class players, and I felt like... Uh, Okay, this is problem. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, playing against, uh, I mean, we, we played against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and I, I was playing on on the right wing, and he was playing left the midfield for uh, yeah. for uh, Chelsea, and he he tricked me every time he got the ball. I mean, he he just, I was sure he was going go, he was going left, and he, he went right, and this happened every time he had the ball. It was <laughs> it was a nightmare to to play against him, and and. When I I train kids now, like um, my my son and his mates, I'm a trainer for them, uh, twelve years old, and I always have a Brian Laudrup in mind because the way he just took the ball and attacked people, and just like it was like his first touch was always perfect, and and then he was first touch against me, and went straight at me it, it was just a nightmare and I, <laughs> I, I just remember playing I, I, I cannot remember a single thing that uh, Lebeuf or Desai or those guys did that uh, game but uh, Laudrup was uh, an, a nightmare and, uh, so it, it, it's him um, I played once against uh, Lilian Turam that, oh, yes. that, that was also a nightmare those two guys was uh, a bit uh, different, uh, and then I played against other great players also, but but those two were Stand really, really, yeah, yeah, they were world class talents, weren't they? And of course, you, um, your time at Helsingborg came to an end in in '99, and Aberdeen come calling. How, how did that move all come about, Harold? I think it's. I, I think it was. Uh, we, we played like a um, a, a game. Um, uh, the, the teams from Copenhagen played against the, the teams from southern Sweden. So, like, you took a, a team, a best team from southern Sweden and the best team from the clubs around Copenhagen. Yeah. And we, we played a match, and we really beat the, the Copenhagen team, the Swedish uh, team. Uh, and I had a really good game at that time. 
and Epi was at that game. So I think that started his interest in me as a, as a player. Yeah. And then and then I became top scorer in Sweden and all that. And uh, and uh, I wanted to change. And uh, and then the and then uh, the contact came with uh, with him and and it was also yeah he was he was manager of Brunby which and Brunby they always have control over Swedish uh, clubs and players and all that so he probably had heard of me that way yeah yeah uh, did you have any other clubs coming in for you at all or um, was your heart set when you knew that Ebbe Skovdal was there to to go to and try Scottish football in and Aberdeen it was it was very interesting also but uh, it was among other things it was. Um, it was uh, Rapid Vienna. It was uh, yeah. at the same time, but that uh, that felt true. And uh, and then it was clubs in Norway and Sweden and uh, and, all, and all that. But uh, but uh, I wanted really to go to Britain, and uh, then uh, it was Aberdeen came uh, with an offer. I was really interested in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was other um, Norwegian players there at the time as well, of course. Uh, the likes of Thomas Solberg at Kato Gunvite as well. Did you uh, did that help you settle in? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yes, but but I I never had problems with that in any clubs. I yeah. mean, uh, I got along great with also the Scottish uh, guys, so uh, so that was that was no no problem. Yeah, and uh, did, of course Aberdeen had a, a tricky start uh, under Ebby there. Um, that that first season, they went six games, of course, without scoring a goal. Could you put your finger on how hard that was to get uh, under Ebby at that start? I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I, I, I understood that it was the problems in the club when I got the, I got the number forty seven at the beginning. <laughs> it was. It, it was. There was so many players there, and yeah. and uh, Abby had of course gotten uh, the job of uh, getting rid of a lot of them because uh, there was a lot of players that wasn't really good enough. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the club was in transition at at that time, and. Um, I think Abby actually did a great job uh, cleaning up a bit and uh, and turning things around. It took some time, but it, it was not an easy task. It yeah. wasn't. Were you thinking to yourself, I've made a mistake coming here? Well, I, I, I knew the problems, but also when I talked to Abby and his his plan, and uh, I understood that it it was to change the team and change yeah. the, everything. So I, I knew it would take some time, and if nobody was uh, willing to take a chance on that it it wouldn't uh, succeed so i i just wanted i, I really wanted to to play i mean i had at that time i'd played in sweden and in norway and and it's different it's two different countries but basically it's almost the same country yeah. i mean it's yeah so i i wanted to to move uh, proper abroad <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> so to try something uh, completely different and uh and that was the that was the really driving force for me at that time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did, did it take you like you said uh, the the, uh, the football in, in Sweden and Norway is pretty similar? Did, did did it take you by surprise? The Scottish football usually the physicality can um, can knock a lot of players. Did, did did it take you time to get adjusted to that? It was more. It was a bit more physical. It was maybe, but uh, I don't I don't think it's that different either. Uh, I mean, uh, probably right there. You could say that no, no, Norwegian football in the nineties were quite successful being physical. I yeah. mean, uh, the national team was 
kicking the ball high in the air all the time and, <laughs> and, try, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and fighting. So it uh, it wasn't that big a difference for for me, no. Yeah, and of course the uh, the club reached uh, two cup finals in the, your first season. Um, despite I mean struggling in the league, but but reaching the two cup finals was a was a good achievement. Were you were you sort of more suited to being a, a cup side? Do you think? I think it was also a bit coincidence. I mean, we we uh, we had we started to get to 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 see that it could be a good team. I mean, we had. A few really good players in uh, in the team, but uh, you have to have them in in shape, in at at the best form at that moment. And yeah. maybe we were succeeding more in cup games than in in uh, many league games in a row. I, I, I don't know. I think it was a bit. Uh, Coincidental, yeah. also. Yeah, and of course, the Aberdeen fans um, took to you quite quickly, Harold, and they loved your style of play and what have you. Did uh, how much did you enjoy playing in front of them? I loved, I, I loved everything in Aberdeen. I mean, uh, I loved the, my flat. I loved the city. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, uh, I loved uh, everything. Uh, everything about Aberdeen. I, I even loved the better because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, because wind and uh, rain and all wow. that—it's what I'm used to from growing up. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've grown up in uh, it's it never been uh, no wind where I where I was born. <laughs> so, so, but, but, uh, it was a fantastic experience. Yeah, and um, touching on the the, the the Scottish Cup final that you were involved in, of course, the one where, um, unfortunately, Jim Layton was was injured early on, uh, and you'd go on to, to lose to, to Rangers. But how disappointing was that? Not I me mean, not having a goalkeeper in, in the subs bench. Did you think to yourself, oh, we need to give ourselves a chance here?" And then it's pretty much taken away early doors. I remember I got so angry. Yeah. In the the minutes after uh, Jim got injured. Uh, and I, I remember I was so pissed off that I, I, I said to myself, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna dribble straight through and score." <laughs> and and if you if you look at uh, some old clips from there, I I have a long run with the ball and I I got into the box at Rangers and almost get to a finishing position. And that is that was just pure anger at that yeah. moment. And then suddenly just the goal started to to go in and uh, and of course Rangers was. A better team than us. Uh, they had a, yeah. and if, if if we were to win, we had to have a, a great day and everybody performing at their best. Yeah, and and it was difficult when uh, when Jim got that injury. I mean, it it, it was just a bad bad luck from from beginning there. Yeah, it certainly was. It's very unfortunate. Of course, you played with some uh, some good players at Aberdeen at the time. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. But Hicham Zero Ali was there, of course. Um, what what was he like uh, as a player, Harold? It was a great talent. Like really, uh, he he did some things that you uh, he he's one of the players that I played with that did something that totally surprised me. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, Playing with uh, other players, it's often easy to see. Okay, he's going to do that. It's smart to move in this position. But Hisham, he could just suddenly just uh, flick the ball with his heel and just what was what was he doing there? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was un- really unpredictable, and he had uh, he had a great uh, talent. And uh, of course, it was so tragic what uh, yeah. what what happened to him. But uh, he, I I remember him fondly. I, he was a 
he was a he was also a really really good guy. So I, I liked him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you ever get the chance to get, return to Aberdeen from from time to time? I've been there. I've been to Aberdeen um, a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, life goes on and the yeah. time flies and all that. So it it, it is. It has been time. Uh, it's been years between every time the times I've been there. But I must say that uh, I really enjoyed going back, and uh, I uh, went back to to what the strawberry bank parade where i where i lived and just uh, off union street uh, in it's just it was a fantastic um, place to live and uh, a city to be in so 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 I, I missed it and of course it's not easy to to go for a trip to Aberdeen at the moment <laughs> and, no uh, no it is not but hopefully when everything is back to to normal i would i would love to to also bring my son to to a game there and uh, see where I played. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, you you, you left Aberdeen in, in two thousand and one to join Besiktas uh, of, of of all clubs over over in Turkey. Um, what made you move move over there, Harold? Well, it's I think it's always been with me to to try new things, to see new challenges and all that. I mean. I was I was really happy at Aberdeen. I, I could uh, could have stayed in Aberdeen, but then this offer from Turkey and uh, such a big club that uh, yeah. Besiktas came in. I mean, they they had just gone uh, they had just gone public to uh, or to the stock market at that moment, and they they were valued at at the same as uh, as Arsenal at that moment. Yeah. So it was a huge, huge club with um, with 15 million Turkish fans and and all that. So, mm-hmm. so, so it was just a it was just a challenge and uh, and playing for a world class manager in uh, Christoph Daum yeah, and uh, with a really good team. So, so for me it was I, I thought it was a chance of a lifetime and I had to I had to try it and I, I was really sad leaving Aberdeen, but it was just uh, I think it was that in me that I always wanted to try something else, something new, something big. And and I think, actually, I think if you don't have that driving force as a player, I mean, if if, if you look apart from the obvious biggest names like uh, like Messi and all those guys, mm. like the, the absolute biggest, if you see the, uh, like the really, really, really good professionals, they are... They they want to to go to a better club to a bigger challenge. They and and I got like really like they say I always I've always supported Tottenham in my in my wow. youth and my yeah it's just been well, I was since I was six six years old. But <laughs> for example for example like a player like Harry Kane, they say that he shouldn't leave and he shouldn't uh, go. But I mean he should go to Real Madrid or something like that to to prove to himself that he could be the best yeah. striker in the world um, and that's that's me talking as a Tottenham fan yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. I mean I, th- I think he should do that I should pressure himself to be uh, to see how good I think I think if he doesn't do that yeah. he will regret it, regret it when he he gets old and and that was the thing that was like in the back of my head when I got that um, offer that if I don't try this, I'm 
I'm going to regret it. Yeah, uh, you touched on Christoph Dom there. Um, how how good a coach was he, Adol? You, you said he was a world class coach, but just what was it like to to play under him? He was also fantastic. I mean, he. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 this is uh, this is an incredible story, but but you can see you can see the similarities with uh, Harreide. Uh, he the first training in uh, my, my first meeting with him was that uh, after I signed because in in football things goes quickly, so I just got the, the offer I had to decide, and uh, I signed, and I was supposed to meet the manager the, the next day. So I, I didn't meet him before I signed. And then I, the next day, or I went to the training uh, to the training site and uh, into the office of uh, Christoph Daum. And uh, do you know uh, uh, Kemal Atatürk, the the founding father of the Turkish uh, nation? Ah, yes, it, yes, it, yes. It, it, it's, it's pictures of him everywhere. Yeah, statues and, everywhere and, as well. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, this was a grey... Uh, office in in uh, the training camp uh, for Besiktas. It was uh, on the wall. It was just a picture of Atatürk <laughs> looking looking really serious. And then you had uh, you had this uh, German uh, manager sitting with his moustache and just his his blue like clear blue eyes. And he was just looking at me, and he said. I did not want to buy you. <laughs> that's, the first, that, 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 that's the first word he said to me. Wow. And, 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 and then it keeps going and he said, I really wanted to buy Pedrag Mijatovic from Real Madrid, which was a was world clear. star. Yeah. He was a really, really good striker. <laughs> and But, okay, now you're here. Let's see what we can do of it. And then he, he, just, he just said, see you see you tomorrow in training. <laughs> this, this was all he said to me. And, I was, and again, I think, what is happening? Uh, and I went to training next day. And then we, we went to a training camp for, three, for two weeks in, uh, in Germany. And, and then we trained three times every day. So we, we were, so we were training, so, so we were training 42 sessions in two weeks. It was, it was oh. un- unbelievable. Uh, and then after a couple of days, he hadn't talked to me, and he came up to me and he said, "Okay, now you're here. I'll, in two months, you should be in the Norwegian national team. <laughs> <laughs> go, go for it." <laughs> and then, and then, and then he started to talk to me, and 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 he he suddenly could discuss the literature, art, anything. He wow. was just you never knew where to have him, but. As a motivator, at that meetings he had, the meetings he had. I mean, he had a meeting after, uh, after at the at the end of that uh, uh, two weeks in training camp where we had those forty two sessions, where 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 I wanted to go out and train again. It, it was he was wow. unbelievable uh, to to listen to. So uh, <laughs> so one of my biggest regrets in football is that I, I started really well in Besiktas. Uh, I scored. Uh, and in the last three games I played for them, I scored five goals and uh, was really, really in good shape. And then I got injured, and this was basically the end of my career. Yeah. But to, uh, I really wanted to to keep on going there because uh, I had a good relationship with uh, with Dom, and uh, he he was fantastic, and we were a good team. But it just fell apart for me there. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. But uh, but uh, anyway, it was a fantastic experience to have him as uh, as a manager, and uh, uh, he was uh, he had success everywhere he went after and before that and he was he was he was just a character yeah, yeah he certainly is and of course uh, Turkish football is known for being quite intense in terms of some of the games that you play in did you ever play against the likes of uh, Galatasaray and Fenerbahce at all yeah it was it was madness yeah. I mean it was, it was unbelievable uh, the, the atmosphere and we played against, I mean we played against uh, Galatasaray at home. They had to, they had to start uh, the game three times because people were throwing so many things into the pitch, Jesus. and they had to just clear off the pitch. The referee started again, and it was bombarded with things. Wow. <laughs> start the game. It, it was just, it was just madness, yeah. and and uh, I, I, I loved it. And and one of the, I mean, the most intense moment for me as a footballer was. Um, Happened in, uh, in in Turkey, and it, this was uh, this was a game. We it was one one uh, at the, at the end of the game, and I I, I had said to Don that I could uh, take penalties, mm. and I I always done that with my whole career, and then like at the at the end of the game, it's it, it, it's a penalty, and I I take it, and I uh, and I score, but then the referee he uh, blows the whistle and say that we have to take it again. Because one of our players was running into the box before I shoot, so and then the and then the <laughs> you can imagine in Turkey when everybody's been celebrating that I scored and we probably would win the game. The referee there the whistle, and people went mad. Yeah. I had never seen I never seen so many things being thrown out. I mean, they were throwing out like you know these big cylinders with the ashtrays. That you can see in the hotel lobby, yeah, yeah, yeah. they, throw, they were throwing them from the VIP stands down to the <laughs> to the pit. It was it was it was unbelievable. And then to go up and take the and then Christoph Daum he tried to get people to say that we have to change penalty take it because he thought it was too much pressure for a player to take two two penalties in a row. Yeah. But I never heard that, and I I was focused and then. I took the ball and took the penalty again, and that atmosphere and that moment it's it's the most hectic moment yeah. I've ever been and uh, and uh, it was just so cool <laughs> yeah. you, like you say Arrow, do you seem like a cool character are you able to to shut all that out and just concentrate on on what you're doing or does it get a bit scary at times no i think I think that was one of my I think actually that was one of my strengths as a player that I was able to to shut that out. And uh, I remember being when taking that penalty, being so focused and trying. Okay, now this ball is going in the net. <laughs> that was the only thing I was uh, focused on. Yeah. And uh, it was just uh, it was just such a test to take the penalty. But uh, but for me, it was also a natural thing to do. I I love those moments in in football and. And uh, I was able to to block those things out, yeah. Yeah, and of course, you mentioned that you got a, a bad injury at Besiktas and it, it pretty much curtailed your career. You, you retired at 32. Was was that because of the injury? Did you feel that you, you just had to give give up the game? Yeah. Well, I, I, I moulded my old club. They they brought me back home and yeah. uh, tried to... I, I, I tried a couple of years there to get back because... 
when I when I was injured in Turkey, I was just 29, and uh, it felt way too young to to retire. Uh, so I I tried to get back, but I I never get really good. And 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 what happened then was that I got also new injuries, and uh, yeah. and suddenly I got a really bad back back injury also. And then I was okay. No, it's enough. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I wasn't able to to continue. No. Yeah, and I know you've done. Um, you, you got a, a few coaching jobs. What once you hung up your boots? Was that always something you wanted to do? Once you stopped playing, is to get into the, the coaching side? Well, it, it, it was back and forth uh, in in that way because there's some some part of it I really love. I really love coaching people and uh, and and the games and. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and and the pressure of it and all that I I love but but it was also a lot of things that I I didn't like that much about coaching so I I, I tried for the uh, three four years there and I and then I started to to write yeah. <laughs> so so I I basically I I've, I I always loved books and writing and uh, and reading and all that also so. That came maybe more natural for me than uh, than uh, uh, coaching. Yeah. Yeah, but you're writing all throughout your your career, Harold, or was that something you just picked up again once once you stopped playing? No, I I always done some of it. I I written for magazines and uh, and newspapers and all that. Uh, also, when I was playing, and uh, and then I started to write uh, a a novel when I was uh, playing, and that. I kept on going after I stopped, and uh, and that became my my first novel in two thousand and eight. Yeah. So um, so uh, I, I always been interested in in literature, and always loved uh, loved that. I, I always wanted to do that also. So it's uh, and uh, now in two in two weeks I'm publishing my eighth book. Wow! <laughs> so so uh, yeah, it's. It's become uh, kind of a second career. Yeah, is it, is it fiction books? Is, is is that is that what what you write at the moment? What what what's the uh, the books you're releasing? Uh, the upcoming ones. Well, my my previous one was uh, the one I mentioned before about uh, Olga Hare, the, the manager. Yeah. So it was a biography. Uh, the the one that uh, is released now is a children's book. Yeah, which. Uh, I've written three children's books before, and this is uh, uh, a new, uh, what can I say? I, I, the, the first three was part of a series. This is yeah. a, a, a new one. So, uh, and uh, and uh, I love that. And it's also, <laughs> actually, it's a, it's a part of the the plot of it is uh, happening in Scotland. So that, that's also, yeah. So, so uh, no, I, I love I love uh, playing and uh, and uh, I love uh, writing. I mean, so yeah, yeah, superb. If, if people maybe want to maybe get a, a copy one one of your books, Harold, how, how do they go about about doing so? Can they go online and, and get it somewhere? Absolutely. I mean, um, I have a book out on Amazon in English, yeah. and uh, so that uh, would be great if people would uh, would check that out and. Uh, I have a dream that uh, also my children's books would be uh, translated into English. They haven't been translated yet, so uh, that would be also a fantastic uh, uh, thing. Um, so uh, hopefully that could also happen uh, one day. Yeah, and of course you're saying no fear as well. You do it, um, 
you do teaching as well at the moment? Yeah, I, I have a teaching position which I go a bit up and down in uh, how much I, I, I do. I mean, uh, uh, part of the year I could work 100% and other parts I can maybe work 20% teaching and all that. So so it, it varies a bit. It depends on also how much I write and, and do other stuff. So, uh, but uh, I, I also work as a teacher, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we wish you all the best in the the writing and the teaching, Harold. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing your story. Thank you very much for, for coming on. Absolutely my pleasure. Well, that was episode 47 of the Talking Football podcast with Harold Stavrum. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, if you want to listen to any previous episodes that you've missed, you can catch them all on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud and Podbean. We're also on Twitter. You can follow us at Talking underscore football and we're on Facebook as well. Hope you can join me again next time and I'll be chatting to the Arsenal and broadcasting legend Bob Wilson for a three-part special. But until then, bye for now.